Nothing wildly not safe for work, but things that couldn't be justified either. Noonan dropped my suggestion on my desk and walked away. So I was happy to stay home, and did so with a clear conscience, knowing that not everything was broken. After all, my scotch had yet to suffer any technical difficulties. I poured myself two fingers of the Macallan, pleased with my alcohol-based observation, and considered using it to update my Facebook status before remembering that would be impossible. Day 7. Taking Notes One week now and I'm trying to keep this journal on more of a daily basis, as real-time as life will allow. I like the writing. Without work and the Internet, I need something to keep me busy. I focus on the pen scratching paper. It directs my mind and steadies my pulse. I can express any idea I want without some Twitter character limit or fear of a too-long-didn't-read comment following. Still, I miss the tiny dose of fame that comes from being heard online, where comments are tethered to content people are already reading and statuses appear instantly on your friends' screens. There's a comfort that comes from knowing people are already staring at the pond when you cast your pebble. Knowing there are witnesses to the ripple before it expands out into nothing. So I play a little game and pretend others will read this, that I have a story worth telling. Otherwise I might as well go to the gym or do crossword puzzles until the web comes back. I should go grocery shopping but I keep thinking Fresh Direct is going to be up and running again. Day 8 The Electronically Unassisted Orgasm Some parts of society are adapting better than others. Most offices are back in session, relying on faxes, phone calls, and the realization that 50% of all emails never need to be sent. But while corporate America is finding any way possible to crawl toward profitable quarters, social circles are still floundering. People are trying to remember how they got their essentials before the Internet. Specifically, sex. No more eHarmony or Match.com. No more Facebook creeping. You can't even flash your junk on chat roulette if you want to. How are we to get our groove on in this new world? I say we because it's easier to talk like that, to pretend this is a history, a contemporaneously recorded log, valuable to sociologists researching the moment when the world went offline. But my perceptions come from news reports, not field research, and mostly I only assume the world is wondering about sex because I am. Dr. Gracchus said it was time to move on, to get out more. But after nearly ten years of marriage, I didn't know where to begin. So I stared at the nicotine stains on his fingers and nodded the way you nod to psychologists. They need the reassurance. But now, completely unplugged, I'm somehow even more unsure of what comes next than when I first tried to live alone. Without a computer to put my opinions before me, I searched my memory, finding only movies from my childhood in its place. Where would Val Kilmer or Tom Cruise go to get laid? Bars. And it turns out it's true. You can find women there. But unlike the Internet, these women are three-dimensional, sort of. 
and when they laugh, strange noises come out in spasms instead of L-O-L. Last time I checked, there was still a bar a few blocks from my apartment. I remember the loud drunken frat boys and wannabe gangsters stumbling outside years ago, looking for their cars at two in the morning. Romaya and I, already in the full-blown nesting mode of an early marriage, would awaken and crawl from our futon toward the window in darkness. Sometimes we'd wing pennies at their heads. Other times we'd just shout, Duh! and fall back to bed while they looked for the invisible source of abuse. I guess it was childish. Like internet tough guys shaking their fists in anonymity, but we thought it was funny. Besides, I liked to pretend that in their drunken stupors they believed it was the universe itself rejecting their bad behavior.